0: Emma kind of arrived on campus with a bang. She found a way to get involved really, really quickly in a lot of things. Um, From singing in Bella Voce, you're going to hear later, to working in the rec center, to being a caller with admissions, trying to convince other students that they should come and be a part of this community. There was one thing for certain, Emma was going to get her money's worth out of this place. Jesus once said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And the more stories I hear about Emma, the more I know that Jesus really meant it when he was talking about her. She lived life to the full. In fact, at the funeral, one of her worship leaders described her philosophy of life like this that Emma believed that if you weren't living life on the edge, you were taking up too much space. A lot of you got to know her and fall in love with her very quickly on this campus. And we just want to pay attention to the loss for this community, um, but also this morning to learn from the lessons of her life. Twelve years ago, Emma lost her father in a car accident, and a lot of people at that point in time could have chosen to run further away from God or to reject him, but if you look at different posts that Emma would put up online, or the way she lived her life, or her chapel playlists and the little things that she'd put together, it was very, very obvious how important Jesus was to her. And so in a time like this, when you sort of wonder why on earth could something so horrible happen to a family that loved the Lord, I always come back to this passage because it reminds us in the story of Job. From chapter 1, after Job hears of loss in his own family, this is what it says. At this, Job got up, tore his robes, and shaved his head. And he fell down to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. God has given us worship as individuals and as a community so that we can live every moment of our lives, every breath before the face of God. In our deepest sorrows and anger and confusion, we throw ourselves into his presence and we lean further in. Emma chose to do that, to lean further in, some of you know well, right, this sort of theme from her life that she would talk about of one of her favorite verses from Psalm 30 about turning mourning into dancing. And as we process our time together here this morning, I want to learn from the lessons of Emma's life of how to love big, how to love the Lord well, and how to be present. That was the word that kept coming back to me when I heard all those different stories about Emma's life. Is wherever Emma was, she was present. And... Um, I think there's a lot for us to learn in that. And by doing so, that we would honor her life and appropriately worship our God, whether in our sadness, in our valleys, our confusion, our doubts, our fears. Will you pray with me? Father God, we come before you because to whom else shall we turn? You alone hold the words of eternal life. We ask that in this time, that the life of Emma Nibelink would be remembered and celebrated, that we would be able to grieve and comfort one another, and that through all of this, that you would be praised as you teach us how to live well in her absence and how to learn from the promises that she clung to so clearly in her own life. In Jesus' name, amen. The day after um, Emma had passed, her her mom had shared with me um, a couple pictures of Emma's Bible, and um, this was one of them. And I want to read this text for you, starting at verse 3 from 1 Peter. until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. What was so striking was if you look at the next picture, the date in the top corner, these highlights were made in Emma's Bible on the last Sunday she went to church before she passed away. And notice her own commentary on the passage, something cool to look forward to. All of us live this life as some form of anticipation or waiting for his yet to come. When the evil one can no longer take life or joy, can no longer inflict war or famine or cancer or disease or hurt or pain and every tear will be wiped away. Emma lived in expectation of that promise looking forward to that day and we are challenged to live all of our lives in the same way. And we recognize and acknowledge the lives of those we've lost the best when we learn the lessons of their life and where they were pointing. And Emma's was pointing to Christ. And it's these moments where we have to stop and ask ourselves if ours is doing the same. If my Bible and God's promises are as highlighted and commented on and as well-worn as someone like Emma's. She knew her Savior. She knew where to look. And that's what allows us to live life fully. That's what allows us to know the morning will one day turn to dancing. And so we can sing. And we can put one foot in front of another, even amidst terrible loss. because our God is still good, and the promise that one day all of this hurt will be taken away because of the gift of Jesus Christ. Emma also loved to sing, and it was part of bella voce. I want to ask you guys to come on up and, and share a song with us as well. So we share different thoughts and reflections. Um, Emma's mom, Shelly, has graciously agreed to share some thoughts with us this morning as well. Shelley, will you please come forward?
1: I first want to thank all of you for being here today and for helping celebrate Emma's life. She truly loved Dort. And it makes me smile because she always said she would never attend Dort. From the time we started talking college, the first words out of her mouth whenever anyone asked her where she was thinking were not Dort. I would ask her why. And her reasons were, Mom, you went there, Mom, Everybody goes there, and finally, I want something bigger." I remember during our visit to a larger state college, observing the questions she was asking our tour guide. She asked about local churches and on-campus Bible studies, to which the answer was, we cannot organize or support those types of activities on our campus. I remember how cold and lonely the dorms felt. All the doors were closed, and no one was hanging out in the halls or common spaces. Nothing like the memories that I had of my days back in the Dort dorms. And I remember thinking, how can my social butterfly of a daughter thrive here? But I didn't say anything. It was her decision to make. It was her money. She was paying for it. On our way home, she looked at me and said, Mom, can we maybe visit Dort? I don't think I want to be a part of a campus that doesn't openly allow Christ and my Christianity to be a part of it or to help me grow in it. I remember how incredibly happy and proud that made me. So we immediately scheduled a Dort visit, and while on that visit, I remember watching her and thinking, this is her new home. She fit, I could see it. And as we drove out of Sioux Center that day, she was digging in my purse. I said, what are you doing? She responded with a smile, getting your debit card. I'm making my deposit. When Emma was six, we lost her dad in an auto accident. And while many could have gotten angry and mad, she turned to God. Emma never ever looked away from God. There were many times of sadness and not understanding the why, but she always trusted it was part of God's plan. She looked for the good in everything and always had a way of finding a silver lining. When I would get sad about things that I felt she would miss out on in life, like not having her dad to have a father-daughter dance without at her wedding, she would smile at me and say things like, I'm having a mother-daughter dance, duh. She even shared God's goodness in the details of our family's accident with Kristen over Thanksgiving, taking her to the accident site and sharing with her some of the God things that took place that day. Things like the fact that she had her eyes closed so that the glass didn't cut her eyes, causing her to lose eyesight, or the fact that the man that lived at the accident site was home and had water close by to help put the fire out. Even in circumstances where she lost her dad, Emma was thinking about the miraculous things that God had done during one of the most devastating and difficult times in our life, and that is who Emma was. And we have been blessed with so many God things in the past two weeks. On Sunday, January 8, just two days before the accident, as was pointed out, Emma highlighted 1 Peter 1, 4 and 5, and next to it wrote, something so cool to look forward to, referring to our heavenly inheritance. She also added the song, Nothing to Fear, by Porter's Gate, to her worship playlist that Tuesday morning. We take comfort knowing that not only is she now in the arms of her Heavenly Father, but she's also been reunited with her earthly father, and I can't even imagine what kind of a reunion that must have been. To know Emma was to love Emma, and if you knew Emma, she loved you big. From her sister, to her mom, to her family members, her friends, her coworkers and bosses, and the elderly she cared for as a CNA. She loved everybody, and she had a way of making you feel like she had known you forever, even if she met you two minutes ago. She was a great listener and gave great advice. She made sure you knew your worth and made you feel seen. She was the greatest hype girl. I will miss her comments such as, you're killing it, girl, or slay, girl, slay, as I would walk into a room. And Emma was selfless. She would do whatever she could and give whatever she could as long as it helped others. You likely also heard Emma before you've seen Emma. She was blessed with the gift of gab and loudness. Every parent-teacher's conference in grade school usually included the phrase, she talks a lot. However, as she got older, that trait turned into something that was often appreciated as she used it to start up discussions in classes and youth group when others wouldn't speak up. She made others feel heard and free to share. She was either asleep or going full energy. There was no in between with Emma. I was often jealous of her energy, except for late at night when I was trying to go to bed and she was having her late night dance party with her sister or jam session on her guitar or ukulele. God sure did pack a lot of fun, energy, and volume in that five foot two girl. She was usually the loudest and funniest one in a room, and she made sure if you were in that room, you were having fun too. You could be having the absolute worst day ever, and somehow she found a way to cheer you up. Her smile lit up any room she walked into. Her laugh was contagious, and soon you found yourself laughing too, often you didn't even know why. The impact Emma had on so many lives in her short 18 years of this earth is unbelievable. She touched so many lives. Shortly after Emma's passing, my daughter Addie made a few bracelets with the phrase, live like Emma. And I think that's an amazing motto that I wanna keep with me forever to try and live by. To me, it means living life to the fullest, always giving God everything and keeping him at the center of my life, looking to him and his word for all of life's answers, marking up that Bible with highlighters and notes, always looking for the good in people and life, loving big, having fun, never getting bitter and turning away from God despite any circumstances you are given, and doing everything to the glory of God. Use the gifts he's given you to live your best life. And that is exactly what Emma did. At Emma's celebration of life, our friend Sean referred to, uh, to the Emma effect. We're talking about things he saw that reminded him of where you could see Emma, where she had been or things she had done. That phrase really struck me. I've received so many messages from people I don't even know telling me about what Emma had done for them in their life and stories about her. I see how God used her in so many ways. She accomplished a lot in her 18 years, more than many do in a lifetime. I want the Emma Effect to continue in my life and in all of yours. I want her bright light to continue to shine on all, through all of us, and everyone that knew her and loved her, and that's what she would want. That's the Emma Effect. So if you have any stories or memories or photos of Emma, Please share them with us. We'd love to hear them and see them. And finally, I want to thank you, all of you, for being the best second home Emma could have ever had for the last four months. She loved Dort and she loved all of you. She truly had found her home away from home. She was thriving here, thanks to all of you. To say she was excited to return for second semester would be a huge understatement. She had found her new community of friends and that included faculty, Co-workers and students. I will forever cherish all of the memories she shared with me of her time here, and thank God for the time that he did give her at Dort. Please continue to keep all of us in your prayers as we navigate our life without Emma, and I promise that we will do the same for all of you. God truly does turn our morning into dancing, and I can only imagine the dancing that Emma is doing now.
0: Thank you very much, and if I could ask the rest of the band um, to come on up and join us as well, and as you do, I just want to share one more final thought um, with you as well. It was fun to learn lessons, especially from some of Emma's friends here, um, to hear stories. I remember the night she passed away, we sat and I listened to you laugh and tell stories and recall um, some of the amazing things. and. I think there'll be some legends of Emma that live on at Dort for a while. Um, legend has it that one time, actually, Emma even got a, a level. And, uh, and unlike most of us who would be a little bit embarrassed about such a thing, um, I'm told by her friends that Emma wanted to either put it on her fridge or frame it. She was going to get everything out of this experience. I hope you're hearing all these lessons from her life and taking them to heart. If you guys would jump ahead for me two slides, please. Um, next one. There you go. Um, an Instagram post that Emma put up a little while back on the 12th anniversary of her father's passing. And you can see in the bottom corner a verse, Isaiah 25, verse 8, which seems just like a little tag you put on an Instagram post unless it regularly actually means the world to you. Here's the verse. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. So many of the promises of scripture for us in the times when we're hard are things that we reach for to pull us into the future. And so sometimes the promises that we proclaim in worship might not be a description of where we are in the present moment, but they might be the aspirations of our heart. Like Emma's cry in the next verse. From Psalm 30, 11 to 12, you turned my morning to dancing. Now pay attention now, this is past tense because this is Emma's present reality. You turn my mourning into dancing and you remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. That my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. Will you guys help us do that now?